Hey everybody, welcome to Momletics. I'm your host, Rebecca Sheehan. Here at Momletics, we make politics palatable for parents. So today's topic is one that's probably been intriguing to many parents disillusioned by our country's public school system. And to others of you, it's one that's become pretty familiar because you're already doing it, homeschooling. Pre-pandemic, if you were to ask me what I thought of when I heard the word homeschooling, I'd probably say something along the lines of Little House on the Prairie, ultra old-fashioned conservative families detached from the modern world. Of course, that was an exaggerated stereotype to begin with, but now it's even farther from reality because the popularity of homeschooling has skyrocketed since the COVID lockdowns. Why? Because when schools shut their doors in March 2020 and learning shifted online, parents were able to see firsthand what and how their kids were learning, and many of them didn't like what they saw. This disillusionment has led to parents becoming more politically active, many attending school board meetings for the first time, and of course then being labeled terrorists by U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland for their concerns and impassioned pleas. But on the bright side, they become an essential new voting block, advocating for more say in their kids' education. Disillusionment with public schools has also led to declining public school enrollment. Kansas City, for example, saw the lowest public school enrollment in a decade. The number of kids enrolled in charter schools was actually higher for the first time ever. Since the pandemic, the overall homeschooling rate has doubled from 5.4% to over 11%, according to U.S. Census data. For African-American families, the number is even higher, climbing from about 3% to over 16%. There are lots of reasons why parents are considering homeschooling these days, which is why I'm so excited to have Jennifer Pepito on the show today. She's the mom of seven kids, has been homeschooling for 25 years and counting, and is founder of The Peaceful Press, which helps tailor education specifically to our kids. And of course, she'll tell us a lot more about that. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining Momletics today. Thanks so much for having me, Rebecca. This is really exciting to get to chat about one of my favorite subjects, which is homeschooling. You know, and it's funny, you, you mentioned the little house on the prairie. I mean, that would definitely be my ideal. However, I have children who are studying decentralized finance or who are uh, living in big cities. So we're not all living that little house on the prairie lifestyle that I maybe would have dreamed of. And thankfully, homeschooling doesn't limit you to that. That's great. So tell me what it's like having seven kids and how you started on your homeschooling journey. You know, I didn't set out to have seven children, but I did set out to really be as dedicated and as diligent of a mom as I could be. And so when my oldest was probably only three or four, we were in a church community where the, the one family, maybe one or two families that stood out for being very cohesive and just having parents who were really stewarding their children well, were a homeschool family. And so that kind of sparked something in us that, oh, we wanted to be that kind of a close family and have those kinds of relationships with our children that we saw in these other families. And that did inspire us to begin that journey. And the more I researched, the more I realized that having children sitting in desks for hours every day, learning only in one kind of model, only one teaching to one learning style, for instance, the more I studied this, the more I realized that 
public school is set up for one kind of child. And for a lot of children, it's going to actually be damaging. The children who need to move to learn, the children who who have better emotional intelligence, the children who need more hands-on learning. Most of those kids are going to be labeled and left behind by the public school system. So the more I researched, the more I realized that not only was it a great option for developing close family relationships, but also for developing my children's intellect and their abilities. I'm sure too, having seven children, you could see firsthand how unique children can be. Because it's not like if you only have two, you know, they might have some differences, but seven, there must have been just a very wide spectrum. Yes, for sure. And and that wasn't a realization that happened right away. You know, it took me a little while because my first child was a very kind of normal learner, very type A in a sense. And then my next child had some learning disabilities. And that that really did create a hunger in me to understand more. But for sure, as now I've parented seven, my youngest is 14 the oldest is 29. Now I'm like, oh yes, each one just responds to us and to life so differently. So do you think during the pandemic, parents were able to see that a little more firsthand, just kind of how their kids learned differently and responded to them differently? Yeah. Um, It was traumatizing for so many of us. I think many of us are still kind of recovering from the trauma of the Orwellian, you know, like in California, I live in California, they shut the parks like that should be sort of a natural human right to be able to go outside and enjoy the sunshine and fresh air. And so I think that was very traumatizing for so many of us. But one thing parents did see is that, oh my gosh, like these teachers are trying to get my kid to sit still in kindergarten on a Zoom class for hours at a time. For what? You know, I think that a lot of parents were actually empowered to say, hey, I could do this. I could actually do at least as good as what these people are doing. And it really empowered them to try something different. Do you think this will be a lasting trend or do you think that parents will burn out? Yeah, that's a good question. I think every year parents ask themselves, am I doing enough? Is this the best choice for my children? But I think that once you've seen your child start to relax and you've seen their health improve a little bit because they're not in a classroom with sick children every day. You've seen their their bodies start to kind of recover from the stress of that lifestyle. I think that it is hard for parents to go back and put them back into full day school with homework and all the stress that comes with it, especially in the early years. So for you and your kids, what are some of the coolest things that they were able to learn or some of the most memorable opportunities your family had thanks to homeschooling? We early on created a family vision and some of our big loves were um, missions, doing uh, kind of social work in foreign countries. And then also we had a real love for nature and travel. And so throughout our years as a family, we've been able to serve in Mexico alongside an orphanage. We were able to travel to Tanzania and do a marriage conference for missionaries We spent three weeks in Italy, um, walking in the footsteps of St. Francis. So we've had just some incredible opportunities as a family because we had that freedom. We weren't tied to sports schedules or school schedules, but there are other families who love school sports or who love, you know, um, music or whatever that might be. And so 
the opportunities are there for whatever your own family culture is. But I, I, I really love that our family has been able to do these trips together. Just there has been such an opportunity for bonding on, in those experiences that we've had camping and travel and, you know, sleeping on the beach in San Felipe and falling into pods of jellyfish. And, you know, the adventures we've had have been amazing. Sounds like a dream. <laughs> and it is really cool to hear about your story with that and how for your family travel was such an important aspect of it. So we were in Florida for two weeks in January and the kids had to miss two weeks of school. I have four-year-old twins and a five-year-old. And so they don't really have homework, but the teachers did send some assignments and certain letters for them to learn. So we had a homeschool day. I was Mrs. Mommy and we went through all the assignments. And basically within two hours, we had gone over the entire curriculum for the two weeks. And they loved it. They so had a like, great what time. Did they do? <laughs> and then we did science class at the beach. We learned about waves and erosion. And we were observing a surfer. So learned about surfing. And they just had the best time. And I mean, of course, we really love our school now so much. And so I don't want to homeschool them necessarily. But I just came away with such a profound appreciation for homeschooling and what it could do. It's amazing that you had the direction and intentionality as a mom to say, our kids are in school and we're grateful for this school, but we want to take a family vacation and we're going to do it. And I think that is what is going to save kids in schools is for parents to be aware enough that they say, okay, we, I can see my kids need a break. And so we're going to take a break and we can take some homework with us or ask the teacher for assignments, but we're not going to be a slave to the school schedule. We're the parents. We're going to set the pace. I think that's so important. To parents listening or watching and thinking this sounds amazing, but I don't know that homeschooling is really for me. How can they utilize some aspects of the benefits of homeschooling, even if they don't? homeschool full time. Yeah. I think the biggest loss to families who don't homeschool is that they become slaves to somebody else's schedule. And so they really have no opportunity to just connect as a family. And it's that bonding, that connection that really helps children become mature and, and emotionally healthy adults. And so even if your kids are in full-time school, maybe pushing back a little bit on homework so that in the evenings, you as a family could play a game together or read a story together. Make sure that you carve out time just with your children to connect so that they aren't being absorbed by a peer group and being overly parented by their peers. It's a great point. And sort of on that topic, what's your stance on cell phones and social media use? You know, I my 16-year-old has a cell phone with some social media access, but the youngest, I have him on a Gab phone. I have a link in my Instagram profile for that which is amazing because you can call and text with that, but there's no access to social media. And just, it saves our kids' brains. Like it is really hard once they have access to social media to pull back from that. If I'm making a recommendation, I would say hold off as long as you can. And for me, because I have a business online, it it is hard to set that example, you know, but I think as parents, we have to be careful. Are we putting our phones down and looking our children in the eyes when they talk to us? Are we constantly distracted by what's happening in our phone? Is that phone world more real than the world we're living with our children? And it, and it is, I know there are so many other mom business owners like myself who do their marketing online and, and we really have to fight to keep that attention because our children are watching. And so even if we're limiting their time now, if we're not managing it well, they're not going to manage it well either. 
Yeah, it's amazing how much they pick up from us. It was a real wake-up call when we're experiencing a great moment together as a family. And then they say, Mommy, let's take a video of this or let's take a picture. And I'm thinking, no, let's just enjoy the moment. But you know, I'm sure they see that because I like to take pictures and videos. So it's just, it makes you really think, as you said, to kind of think twice about what you do. So how do you actually homeschool? What a great question. You know, there are so many methods actually, because some people do try to adopt a traditional approach at home and just get all the workbooks for every subject and have their children, you know, read the information, fill in the blanks, etc. Uh, that would be called traditional homeschooling. But then there's a wide range of other alternative education methods, such as Waldorf, Charlotte Mason, unschooling, and classical. And with Charlotte Mason and classical, instead of reading a text and filling the blanks, there's a big focus on real books, on stories that make your heart sing. So in my homeschool program, The Peaceful Press, we read books like the Little House on the Prairie series. And then we shake cream into butter and we draw a notebook page about the parts of a cow. And, you know, so there's all this kind of holistic learning that is centered around a beautiful story. And I think our children with this literature-based method, they retain so much more information because they are interested. Like if you think about your own school experience, probably the things that you really remember involve some kind of hands-on exploration. For me, I can really remember making pretzels with a teacher or going out into a nature area with a, a, another teacher. So these explorations are part of what makes the learning stick. Instead of just pushing children through a core of information and being like, oh my gosh, they're going to fall behind if they don't learn everything they need to know in fourth grade and everything they need to know in fifth grade, recognizing that what we really want to do is cultivate a desire to learn, a love of learning give them a feast of information through beautiful stories. So each day in our homeschool, we uh, read some scripture. We read a chapter out of some kind of a read aloud section. We write about what we read and then we do some math. And for my, you know, now my children are high school, junior high. So there might be foreign language or a science textbook or some other more upper grade uh, textbooks that they're using. But the core of our learning as a homeschool family with the Charlotte Mason method is reading out loud and then talking about or writing about what we read. So if parents watching or listening are interested in exploring homeschooling, are you saying that you would recommend sort of researching the different methods, choosing one, and then going through that method, basically? For sure. And, you know, I, I think that a parent's own philosophy of education might change a lot as time goes on. You know, maybe I had a few more textbooks in the early years than I do now. So I think that as parents develop confidence and as they see how children learn, it helps them simplify where needed. You know, for instance, teaching the art of communication is a big part of education, right? So a child goes to school, they take a spelling workbook, they have a reading comprehension workbook, they have a phonics workbook, they have a grammar workbook. Well, what if you could, instead of doing all that, you know, read a story, talk about the story, write about the story, maybe point out some of the grammar or punctuation of the story, and then maybe copy a few sentences and underline something or take note of something. All of the same thing is being accomplished, but you're doing it through a beautiful story instead of a stack of workbooks. So I think that as parents develop confidence and as they do some research, it does simplify and they do gain that confidence that helps them 
break off the beaten path a little bit. So what would be um, your best advice for parents that are just starting on the homeschooling journey or who maybe have started it, but are kind of doubting their abilities? You know, I think one of the best things to read is probably Weapons of Mass Instruction or Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto. We have been taught by the system to doubt ourselves. You think about schools, how they're set up. Like if you ask a question in your school classroom that is odd, or if you are odd, you are instantly kind of demeaned or diminished in some way. And, and obviously that the the cultural definition of what's odd changes all the time because 20 years ago, what was odd and might've been mocked now is being celebrated. And so that changes, but, but seriously, schools are geared towards making everybody conform to a norm. And so, you know, there is going to be some lack of confidence as parents get started. That is just a natural, a natural thing because we've been taught by the culture to conform to culture. Another book that I really love for just getting started is Passion Driven Education by Connor Boyack. He produces the Tuttle Twins books. And it's just a really simple book about homeschooling, very approachable and really encouraging. It makes it seem like you could do it, like anybody could do it. There's a lot of free resources that parents can get access to that can help them develop that confidence and know how to get started. That's awesome. And I will definitely um, provide some links to those books that you mentioned afterwards. And of course, the Peaceful Press. But it's interesting, you're talking about um, how unique kids are sort of forced to conform or made fun of. Can you talk about the benefits of homeschooling in terms of the mental well-being of kids who are homeschooled and their academic achievement as compared to academic achievement in public schools? The research does show that there are wonderful outcomes of homeschooling. Uh, there was a man named Brian Ray who did a lot of homeschool research on outcomes. And a lot of those outcomes did show that homeschool students scored better in terms of mental health, in terms of SAT scores, in terms of community involvement. And, you know, obviously it does depend on the atmosphere of the home. Like if you are homeschooling and you have a mental illness that you're not dealing with, then your child might have a rougher outcome than a child in a school. But I think that the inherent stresses of a school classroom you know, getting up early, having to conform, you know, depending on your teacher, do you have a teacher who is comforting and encouraging? Or do you have a teacher who's cruel and miserable? So I think that the atmosphere in both cases is very integral to the outcome. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the peaceful press? Or is there anything else that you want parents to sort of take away from this who aren't that yeah. familiar with homeschooling? Yeah, for sure. You know, we have free samples li linked in my Instagram. Maybe you're not sure if you want to homeschool, but you have a preschooler. And so a lot of families start out with our resource, the Peaceful Preschool, and it just kind of gives you a chance to get your feet wet. And then they can decide, you know, I do enjoy this and I do feel like I could lead my child in this way, or this is just really not a good fit for me. So definitely, you know, the peaceful preschool is just a great place to start, even if you don't plan on homeschooling, because it can help you prepare your child for the academics by strengthening the motor skills that are so important for handwriting and all of those academic skills. And also even listening to a story at night, like we have a whole resource that is geared around the Narnia books and also the Little House on the Prairie books, because they're such life-giving stories. They're so heartwarming. But for non-homeschooling families, even just listening to those stories in the carpool or as an evening read aloud while you're sitting around drawing or whatever 
doing the dishes, whatever it is, you know, I think that just incorporating a little bit more literature into your lives can be so encouraging. And also if you're listening to me talk about connection and recognizing that that's maybe an issue, we have a free connection challenge and it just gives you prompts for looking your children in the eyes, you know, spending some time outside together, a few simple activities, less than an hour a day that can help you really connect as a family because children who are connected to their parents are more responsive. They will be happier to follow your directions. There's almost an urgency in my opinion to have connected families because so many social ills come from kids who felt unloved by their parents and then they reject all their values. That is so true. And that that sounds like an amazing resource. I'm going to definitely check that out. So wrapping up, obviously you are so passionate about homeschooling. How does it make you feel that so many new families are being exposed to homeschooling now and are considering it? I think it's amazing, you know, for culture, for society, because when you're homeschooling, you have a chance to pass on values to your kids that if they were in the schools, like, here's one of my big concerns for the United States. When your kids are in a public school, they are getting Marxist ideology, whether you like it or not. And the Marxist ideology, some people are victims and cannot get out of it. And some people are oppressors inherently. In the USSR, it was the rich or the nobles. In Zimbabwe, it was the farmers. So any kind of ideology that makes that one people group to be all inherently evil, you you might want your kids to be aware of that because it's not going to help our children have any confidence to do better in the world. And it either puts them in the camp of being an oppressor or a victim. So that is a part of the curriculum in many schools, whether they know it or not. They're celebrating victimhood. It's like a badge of honor. That's right. sort of and a new level it's reaching. You can just look at the modern literature. So much of the modern children's literature has this slant of a victim story And there's somebody that is inherently bad, whether it's the dad or the boss or whoever, a good story will have a problem, but they come out the other side. They have some power and and authority to overcome. The truth is we need Jesus. We need his, um, his ideas, his ideology, and they're not going to get that in public schools. So Amen. (laughs) That is so true. And yeah, it's, I think it's such a blessing that more people are being exposed to the benefits of homeschooling now. So Jennifer, thank you so much. I think this will inspire a lot of people. And thanks to you all for joining us on Momletics today, where we make politics palatable for parents. We'll see you next time.